Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This is one of those times, I know I've said the joke before, or made it, tried to be funny with saying, you know, you read this gospel text, and it sounds really harsh, and you say, as soon as I say, and then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise be to thee, O Christ, right? It's like, one of these things like, thanks, thank you for this nice word, because it doesn't feel like gospel, but it is a warning for us. This whole Sunday, this, the readings that surround this Sunday are all for your sake and for my sake as your pastor, and it should be for all pastors and all Christians everywhere. That when Jesus says, beware of false prophets, he means false preachers, false pastors, right? Those who uh, proclaim God's word for the good of the people, right? So that they would hear his law, be convicted of their sin, turn away from that sin, be absolved of it, and live with Christ forever, right? Trusting that he has, trusting that he has paid the price with his blood for their sin. Because it's very important in, in a time where things are really getting rough, things are really getting darker. I love that hymn we just sang, when, I trust when dark my road. That the world is dark. The world is dreary. We talked a little bit this morning in Bible study about how much things have changed. My generation remembers some good times in the 90s, but the generation after me is very, it, they're very, they're very cynical because in a lot of ways they haven't had a whole lot of good times. And for us, we should keep in mind that that's a reality. The world is very different. We may have grown up, some of us, in church and seen how it was just a given you could go to church and hear a certain uh, a certain sermon, and everything would be just fine. You didn't really have to think twice about it. But Jesus says that's not how we're to live as Christians, that we should pay attention to what our pastors say. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves, and you will recognize them by their fruits. It's hard to figure out where I should go with this on some level because there's two pictures here. Wolves in sheep's clothing and then good fruit and bad fruit, right? There's trees and then there's the animals. But I will say this. I was thinking about this the other day. A wolf has a different, um, has, has a different, has a different, nature than a sheep. A wolf can dress up in the right clothing. A wolf can look the part. Maybe he can kind of act the part a little bit. But a wolf doesn't sound like a sheep. A wolf doesn't bleat like sheep do. A wolf growls, snarls, and howls, right? So in that way, you can tell a false prophet by what they say. They can't help themselves on some level, right? In the same way, it's about what they do because a wolf 
doesn't eat grass, right? It doesn't graze. A wolf consumes the prey that it catches and gets its claws on. So this is to say that you should pay attention to what pastors say and what they do. You shouldn't just like me for my good looks and charming personality. (laughs) You should... (laughs) That's my daughter laughing. Um, You should... Uh, be wary of everything that I say and that I do. Um, You should be concerned with what all preachers and pastors have to say. The examples of false teaching abound. I could go into so many different examples. There are so many different things plaguing our world today. There are things like homosexuality, transgenderism, abortion still because it's on a state level, right? Even though Roe v. Wade was knocked down, we still have small battles to fight for that cause. And yet, there are those out there who look the part, who dress maybe the way that I do, and yet they don't say anything against these horrors, these abominations or they say something in full support of them. Beware of what preachers say. If you have a pastor who kind of shrugs off or pushes aside the issue of abortion, the issue of homosexuality, transgenderism, even cohabitation before marriage, beware, beware of these things. Y'all need to keep your eyes open. And it's tough because you want to come to church. You want to be given the good gifts of God. You want to be fed, right? And that is a pastor's job, to feed the sheep of Christ. And yet the sheep need to be wary. They need to be aware and on their guard. Maybe sound the alarm for the other sheep to get away from the wolf that's in their midst. Because in every constitution of every congregation in the Missouri Synod, there are two categories by which you should and really must remove a pastor from his office. One is teaching false doctrine. And two is is living a life that is not morally right. What they say... And what they do should be scrutinized. That every pastor that's worth his salt should welcome his people coming to him and saying, Pastor, what you said last Sunday, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way, and I'm just not sure about it. Any pastor that's worth his salt would be glad to say, come on in, let's sit down, let's talk about it. What exactly do you need clarified? And if there's something that the pastor did say that wasn't right, he should repent, turn away, right? This is not a popularity contest because the people of God deserve more than just good intentions. Y'all deserve the truth. You do. And it's not because of any other reason than that the truth of God's word, the purity of the teaching that comes from God's mouth, 
means life or death. It's that serious. And not just temporal life, but eternal life and death. False teaching can lead you to hell. And we should remember that. Nowadays, we live in the world that St. Paul warns about, that there will be many who seek out preachers to scratch, to scratch their itching ears. They don't want to hear about hell. They don't want to hear about condemnation. They don't want to hear about the law. They don't want to hear about sin. They don't want to confess their sin because they don't want to think they've done anything wrong. And yet, that's what we're called to do. We're called to hear the full counsel of God's word. As St. Paul says from our uh, New Testament text, I did not shrink from declaring you declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Y'all need to know these things. You need to know them because it's for your good. It's healthy to have a fear for God. It's healthy to remember that Jesus said, do not fear the one who can cast, who can kill your body. Fear rather the one who can cast both body and soul into hell. That's a healthy fear. It's a good thing to keep in mind. And on top of that, it's a good thing to know that if a pastor only says those things, only fear God, fear his wrath, fear what he'll do to you if you do the wrong things. If he stays there, he's not preaching the whole counsel of God. You must talk about how that wrath has been satisfied by the blood of Christ. That wrath has been poured out on Jesus Christ for your sake so that your conscience can be clear so that you can come here, say the confession of sin and hear the absolution and say, amen, it is so. Because that is also for your good. The whole counsel of God is a beautiful thing. And yet the temptation is to shy away from certain things because we don't want to hurt people's feelings. Although, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but it's kind of funny that Luther would say that uh, when it comes to preaching the law, it's like throwing a bone into a pack of dogs and the one that yelps is the one that got hit, right? We need to be stung with the word of God. It should make us hurt because sin needs to be killed within us. Sin needs to be drowned by our baptism. We need to deny our flesh. And yet we need to trust that Christ sees us through. We need to trust that Christ, with his word as our lamp and our light through this dark wor world, will guide us to his joyful rest at the end. And we also need to be careful because Jesus says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Some people think that this is just about pastors, right? It's just about those who preach, but it's not. Pastors will be judged more strictly at the end by what they say and what they do. Because behind these pastors who say, Lord, when did we not do these things? Are going to be people who will say, yeah, Lord, when did my pastor not do these things? So beware. Beware of false prophets. 
And again, not only for your sake, but for my sake. If I preach falsely, if I say something that is not according to God's word, if I say something that is contrary to God's word, I need to hear it for my own sake too. Because if I'm preaching falsely, well, they teach us in the seminary, the first person you should be preaching to in a sermon is yourself. So I'd be betraying myself as well as y'all if I did that. So if I can leave you with anything today, it is to test, test those spirits. Test the spirits that tell you one thing is so. And the way you test them is according to God's word. And if you don't quite know where to go in God's word, check the small catechism. The small catechism has everything you really need to know about the basics of faith. And if a pastor is preaching contrary to that, you really have a problem. So I pray that y'all would grow more in wisdom of God's word Embrace the wisdom that shines forth from the small catechism because it speaks back the word of God to you so that you may understand it. And I pray that y'all would do so so that we could all work together. You would, so that you would not just trust me because you like me or trust me because I just happen to have the title of pastor. But trust me because I am trying by the grace of God to fill the office of the pastor, which is not easy and requires the grace of God and requires the people too and your prayers and your comments if I do stray. We all have to communicate to each other. We all have to rely on each other. For we are a family. We are a family. And we gather together as a family because of the elder brother who is Jesus Christ, who gave his life for us, who poured out his blood for us, and by his blood, by the baptism we are washed with, we are made sons of God, co-heirs with Christ, so that we can give thanks and praise to God our Father forevermore. And the peace of God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.